want to bring on my very special guest. So excited. I'm just, you're going to hear me gush uh, quite a bit. Uh, a huge fan, uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, actor and now comedian, star of, of, of Entourage and of... Um, uh, good Lord, PCU, one of my one of my absolute old favorites, uh, old school. Uh, Jeremy, listen, let me let me start here. Uh, this transition from, I mean, is have you always wanted to do stand up? Uh, tell tell me about this. Tell us about this transition. I've I've always loved stand up and been a great admirer of it. And I'm the guy always watching those specials. And even from the time I was a kid just even listening to records and being blown away by how someone could actually transform the whole space themselves just alone. I don't know. It seemed like a magic trick. And I grew up in Chicago, not too far from you guys doing second city sketch comedy improv. And my background actually is kind of similar to a lot of standups. And yet it's the one form that I never did just because I got lucky and worked as an actor and my whole life. And, and so that's what I've been doing. And for this past year, I've thrown myself into stand-up, and it's been incredible. I, it, it's interesting, and let's and let's be really clear here. So uh, the reason why we're having you on is you're going to be appearing yeah. uh, next weekend at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. We're going to put the link up on the show page on Facebook, uh, BaltimoreComedyFactory.com. The 18th, 19th, and 20th tickets still available. Uh, I want to I want to ask you this because because we've we've done this. You've always been one of the great things about your acting is that you are. I know they say acting is reacting, but you're one of the most expressive actors uh, out there. I mean, and, and, and I mean that in in the best way. And this is going back from small parts to big parts. Two of my favorite roles have been two of your small roles working with Cameron Crowe in in um, Say Anything and Singles. What was what was that like sort of making that? Yeah, you know, I know you'd been in Lucas, you'd been in a couple of other films before then. But what was it like working with Cameron Crowe sort of getting that experience? Well, first of all, thank you. And, and he's one of these incredible guys. Talk about transitioning. He um, He's a guy that was a journalist and a, and a really prolific journalist for, for Rolling Stone for a time. He was incredibly young, and he, he wrote about it himself. And is, he's, he's kind of one of these guys who is really brilliant and it's just incredibly fun to be around. Um, and I was really young when I, when I did say anything with him, you know, living with Cusack, fresh out of college. We had our, our theater company in Chicago and made an audition tape, which was just as radical as any audition tape, probably in the history of auditions. Okay. A, a thing happened in that audition tape I can't even tell you about. Um, <laughs> you know, this was back, this, you know, this was back in the day when, you know, things were different. And it was incredible working with that guy. He, um, just because he has lived such a, a full life and, uh, and so that was amazing. And yeah, I, I guess, you know, what you say is true. Like you just have to be totally present in the scene and get out of your own way and then anything's possible. Um, and I talk about that on stage just in terms of having these tiny roles. The first 40 movies that I did before Entourage. Wow. wow. I mean, if you, if you tried to find the my dialogue in any script, you wouldn't be able to find it. Like... In in Rush Hour, where I played the gay Versace salesman, <laughs> I had one line. It was, may I help you? And then I just kept talking because I had written, you know, I, I played the roles as if they were the lead. And that's what you have to do. And you get to the set and, and you've got so much prepared. 
And then if you get lucky and someone pauses, you just throw it in there and keep talking. And I talk about that experience on stage. I actually, Mike Tyson ended up wandering onto our set and shopping and wouldn't leave. <laughs> and, and that's an entire bit that I do where I play all the characters. And yeah, it's, it, it's really, it's a, it's a really fun night of stand up. And it's interesting because, you know, I think after playing Ari Gold for almost a decade in a movie, there is some confusion, and when you're in people's living rooms, they get used to you. Sure. And if you play the character authentically, they may think it's you. Right. So when pre- people scream, Ari, you know, where I, when I'm at the urinal in an airport and smack me on the back, um, it's fun and <laughs> okay. <get> confusing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, people, I, we've, we've, I've been over this with you animals before. You do not ever approach a man while he is at a urinal. That, that, that doesn't work that way. You, you don't do that. Air, I think it's an airport. Okay, or at an airport, <laughs> unless you're a U.S. senator from Wyoming. Um, but let me let me ask you oh. this because I've heard that I've, I'm the guy who listened to the the uh, the extra commentary on the DVD for PCU. You were constrained in that movie because the director didn't want you to improv. Am I understanding that right? Sorry, say that one more time, buddy. You, you were, you were. I, I've, I've listened to the the directors or the extra commentary on the PCU DVD because I still watch DVDs, and I understand that you were constrained by the director. He didn't want you to improv. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very not kosher for me to say this. Um, Please, but you know, you asked you asked me, and <laughs> you know, when I did that commentary, I was I was younger and and. Uh, less diplomatic and okay. I did reveal that and you know everyone has their own way of working and sure you know if you why don't we pick a cue from the great Adam McKay um if you look at every movie he did with Will Ferrell Talladega Nights Step Brothers the other guys um Anchorman you know those are arguably Will's some of Will's best movies and yeah. he was allowing Will to do what Will does right Will's a his background is his sketch comedy actor who's an he's an improvisational comedic force uh and one of the best i'm not equating myself with him in any way shape or form i'm saying that that is a variable i think to get the best out of certain comedic presence and you know i'm a guy with the background in improv so allow me one take sure just one that's all i ask is is one free a freebie as they say and you know you may hate me in the moment because it's taking three more minutes but in the editing room, you go, wait a minute, that's, you know what, that's maybe the funniest. And I think that's how you get to what things could be. Because you just don't want to end the day going, wow, I wonder if there was anything left. I like to end the day going, well, I, we gave everything we had. And you guys were a little bit angry because it took a little longer. But you know what, we, may, we might have some really funny stuff. And I could, I could direct you to things like, let's hug it out, bitch, where I said that in Entourage. <laughs> You know, they didn't cut, and I grabbed Kevin Connolly and said that it became a catchphrase. That was an off-the-cuff moment, you know? And we, I think if you allow people to have that moment, you know, anything is possible. It's uh, You learn everything. You learn something from every director that you work with, but directors and directors have to trust their actors. I mean, that's why you, you're bringing them on board. It's actually, it seems, I think that's true in just about every sure. endeavor you have. You hire people because they have a certain talent that you're trying to tap into. Let them showcase their talents. I think that that's that's what you're saying. Don't, am, I, am I right there? Yeah, it's not even about showcasing. It's about exploring and heightening what the possible, it sounds very pretentious and I apologize. That's all right, don't worry about it. Of, of the possibilities of what the scene, the scene could contain. Sure. 
you know, um, you don't want just madness, you know, like, I think they're afraid of losing control. Well, if you improvise, we're going to lose control. Well, no, it's our job to say every word and make it feel improvisational. People ask me all the time, man, were you improvising entourage? No, I wasn't. Those speeches, I had to literally, it was like my bar mitzvah. It was like you had to get every word right. I swear to you. There's a woman there, and she's looking at that script, and you got to go word for word, and it was my honor, and it was brilliantly written. Uh, and, and once I did that, you know, and I ate all my food, I got to have my dessert. There you I, go. I, sometimes I would get a free take. Hey, hold on, hold on. My, our guest is Jeremy Piven. He's appearing at the Baltimore Comedy celebrated actor, great actor, someone we we love. Uh, we've loved watching in movies and television for years. Uh, he's going to be at the Baltimore Comedy Factory uh, October 18th through 20th. We're going to put that, as I said, the link up on the show page. Jerry, you have a question. You know, I watch uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, and one thing that Jerry Seinfeld uh, talks about uh, in in the program is that it's hard work writing comedy. So, uh, and you just talked yeah. about how you know you, you you've had the, the the honor to work with great writers and the scriptster. You have the, you, you know, the, the the writing that goes into that. Uh, what about writing for comedy? Writing your your own comedy? How has that been? Listen, man, I, I, it's I have the, such respect for anyone who even attempts it. It is so <laughs> intricate and interesting and fascinating, and um, you know, if you at its simplest form. It's you on stage with the same energy uh, as sitting around with your buddies telling really funny stories and getting to the point and somehow managing to navigate that for an hour and make it effortless and, and theatrical and present and improvisational and all those things. It, you know, it, it's easier said than done. Um, obviously I do it better than most, but anyone who even attempts it, I have so much respect for cause it's, it's not easy. Um, I, I stumbled into it honestly in the way that, uh, the last factory asked me to do some charity for them for some other privileged kids. And, and I love just such an honor to do that. I jumped up on stage and hosted the evening with Russell Peters, who is probably the most prolific stand up in the game and works the crowd better than anyone. And I knew, I, one thing that I do know in this life, I know my limitations. I know what I can and can't do. <laughs> and I know that if I got on stage with that guy, he's going to crush me. He's, sure. You know, the Malcolm Gladwell theory, 10,000 hours, yes. the difference between good and great. He's great. I'm not even good. So he's great. And I'm going to, you know, even though I've been an actor on stage since I was eight years old and I've done 70 movies and, you know, been working my whole life, I don't do what he does. And that's a different space. So I wrote a bunch of jokes so that I could have them and pretend like it looks off the cuff. Sure. And they actually worked. And that, to me, was some sort of magic trick that I'll never forget. I just couldn't believe it was happening. And it was addictive. And that's, that's stand-up comedy. So it came about through you know doing this charity gig with, with the great Russell Peters at the Laugh Factory, and I haven't stopped since. Awesome. That is, and, and some of those jokes are, are still in my set. <laughs> and um, you know, every night is is a chance to to get better. And for me, it's about truly entertaining that crowd on the highest level. Awesome. And I felt moments of it where I felt really free and just like, as athletes say, in the zone. I felt in the zone. And then there are other nights I'm like, yeah, man, it's just it's not as good as it could be. But I get after it every day. I perform. 
as you know as much as I possibly can, and I, I get to pick the brains of all these great comics that are featuring for me or opening, and they see the respect I have for them and, and the craft, and it's been it's been quite the journey. Yeah, I can imagine. Again, our guest is Jeremy Piven appearing at the Baltimore Comedy Factory uh, next Saturday, uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 18th through the 21st. Let me ask you this, and, and actually, it's it's good. I, I Jerry and I were looking at each other here because I've done stand-up. Uh, <laughs> not well. Not well. <laughs> did it a little bit in college. Uh, then and then was was coerced into doing it a couple of times here in DC and said, "Yeah, this is not uh, not the right thing." Uh, this is a good question. So, how when 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 the f- crowd is not responding? I mean, I I should say this. My assumption is most of the folks are there because they're fans of yours. How do you respond when the crowd's energy isn't there? How do you respond when folks are are are, are not enjoying themselves? Hecklers, hecklers, as Jerry says. You know what I. Uh... I, I experienced that. I'm going to be touring with a guy named Matt Hunter, the people will see the feature for me, and he's a great, great comedian who is a totally different style than me. He's more, almost like a throwback, where he's just throwing bombs every every sentence. It's like an old school kind of like homage to just like every every sentence is a punchline. He's he's not even giving you jabs, and wow. I'm telling stories that are going someplace and in my experiences along with all that. Um, but, and he has an evening here in LA at the dime, which is a little dive bar. And on Mondays and Tuesday nights, he puts up a little stage and you get up there and, and people wander in who are going to see the DJ. And it's mostly comics and a couple people there that are there to see a very urban DJ and a lot. They're mostly millennials and younger. And so I, you've got either people that are comics folding their arms in the back of the room or people that don't know who I am <laughs> and haven't paid and they want to know why there's someone standing up there doing comedy. <laughs> it's the toughest room that I've ever heard of. And I bombed. I bombed twice there. Wow. Badly. Badly. <laughs> to the point where I, I wanted to, you know, go back to Chicago and, you know, sell bratwurst. <laughs> I've the been there, my friend. I've you know been there. I mean? That's awesome. Let me so let me ask you before we let you go. Um, I because I, I've been dying to ask you this question, uh, and we could talk about your experiences on Seinfeld, which is you know your 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 time playing George on the pilot within oh, the series was awesome. fantastic. Yes. Um, but let me ask you this: I'm going to circle back to PCU, which you know 1990s me, you know love that movie. I actually, I'm sorry, 2018 me still loves that movie. He talks about it constantly on the show. I I, I do, but I I gotta ask you. So James Andrews in PCU, is he Ari Gold's older brother? Is he Ari Gold back in college? Is there any bright line between James Andrews in PCU and Ari Gold on Entourage? Not at all. They're, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're they're both to be that guy with you. Um, they're both obviously opinionated maverick type characters type a all that stuff um maybe you know obviously i'm playing them so there is there is a correlation um i do think that we need a movie like that right now because we're living in times where i i feel like someone has put something in our water <laughs> and collectively we might have gone insane do you guys feel like that sometimes yes recently? of course Yes. In, in fact, elsewhere on the podcast today, we've been talking about surreality yes. and, and how, 
Yeah, we, we spend a lot of time talking about this. Jerry, Jerry, one of Jerry's most uh, favorite phrases is the world is on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we get that. And it, it we but you're right. I mean, it's this issue of listen, Tom Lair. I don't know if you're a Tom Lair fan. Um, you know, the the satirist of the late 60s, early 70s. Have you ever heard the story about why Tom Lair retired from from music? I didn't. All right. So Tom Lair said uh, this is after Henry Kissinger won the Nobel Peace Prize. And he said any world in which Henry Kissinger wins the Nobel Peace Prize is a world that is already satirizing itself. So what is there left for me to do? I'm paraphrasing it. I, I mean, this but, right. but we do need people who can hold a mirror up to society in a way that is real. But, you know, you're talking about this. Patton Oswalt has talked about this. Patton Oswalt, who was a couple Jerry, years ahead of me at Wayne Jerry Mary. Seinfeld has talked about it. Jerry Seinfeld has talked about this, where we have to be able to have these moments where we can poke, at the very least, because when you satirize something, at least as far as I'm concerned, when you satirize something, you show that it has no power over you, and it's important to d- dispel the power that that are that are golems. You know, if we're going to go to to Jewish folklore, that, that our golems have over us. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, that was really heavy and brilliant. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's it's what separates us from animals is is the ability to do that and to for, for yeah for. We provide for us to put up a mirror, and it's. I, I do actually talk about this. And my mother, as they were putting her in handcuffs, gave this speech. They, she, I threw the big high school party that was our graduation party, and the police awesome. said, "You know, you're we're, we're arresting you for contributing to the delinquency of minors." We were 18 years old and not 21, drinking beer, and she gave a speech about what it is to be an artist in this life, and exploring the human condition as she's in cuffs and they're like yeah uh-huh. watch your head and they immediately just you know put her in in the clink um but yeah i think uh i, I think that stand-up the arena is really right now more than ever the last arena that that is embracing its freedom of speech yes and we're we're all it seems to be right now living in these extremes the right and the left yeah the things that the left are saying are mirroring the right. You know, everything that we're really saying that they were furious that they should be, we're becoming with these extremes. And it's it's an incredibly scary time because if we're all living in extremes, no one is present and able to receive any type of reality and think logically yeah because we desperately need to take the other person down people saying things like well at least we ruined his life what <laughs> that that's where's that that's yeah. not you, it, 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 even it seems, you we, you are you're coming from the right ideology on this one but we can't divide if we're getting pleasure from ruining someone's life that's not a good place to well, be and, even though you're on the right side and and and, and uh, uh jeremy and our guest is jeremy piven uh, uh actor uh, uh award-winning actor and now uh, appearing at the Baltimore Comedy Factory on the uh, October 18th through the 21st. This is what Jerry and I talk about when we talk about we're trying to find persuadables, 
right? You have to be able to, you have to be able to have the conversation, and you, and somebody has to be open minded enough to be able to be persuaded to a different position. We, and that's we have to not all, that we not that we wanted to go down the road right. of talking politics with you, but you know, since you've opened it up, this is what we but, talk about here. Just real quick, we we have forgotten how to be charitable and offer goodwill to others. We have to be charitable and and offer goodwill, and we seem that we've forgotten how to do that, and we've forgotten our sense of humor also. Uh, clearly, clearly. Um, the other day, some guy tweeted at me, hey, man, I know you're in St. Louis, stand-up comic. I, I would kill to, to do five or seven minutes. And I said, bring it, let me see what you got. Guy came to the club, got up there, crushed it. Wow. Took, it, took some pictures together. I, I signed his set list, and, you know, he he will now, you know, helium is now a little, you know, an option for him. He got a crush. That's, but, he you know, it. he put in the work. Jeremy, he just needs a shot. It's I, interesting I, you I, say that, because that, that's, that's I'm how... Honored. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say. No, I'm honored that that I was even in a position to to give him that shot. But that's how and that's how Gary Shandling, you know, who you worked with on the Larry Sanders show, that's he got his yeah. shot that way. I mean, it's it's so it's so to me uh, wonderful to hear you say something like that because it really is a way of giving back in the way that others that you've worked with have given back. Yeah, and and that's we have to live in that space right now. If someone doesn't agree with our ideology, the idea that we need to ruin them, or because we think he possibly could have, at some point in his life, done the wrong thing, we need to ruin his entire life. Something's happening right now with everyone, the right and the left, where we're we're all furious, and people seem to need to win to make them feel better, you know? Well, I can't take Trump down, so we, if we can get one else down, I think I might feel better about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not the... I don't know if that's the best place to be. You know, it's it's interesting, Jeremy. You're coming to you're, and I'm, I'm and we are going to let you go because I know your time is valuable. But but you're you're coming to Maryland at a very interesting time because you, you know if you if you get the opportunity. Read up a little bit about what's going on with the election in Maryland right now and with, you know, Larry Hogan, who's a Republican, but he's the second most popular governor in, in America. And the, 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 it's this whole idea of being able to sort of chart a course where you're bringing people in. I approach politics as, a, as what my, my friend and mentor Michael Steele has said. Jerry will tell you that I have a man crush on Michael Steele. I've known Michael Steele forever, but he taught me that politics is a game of addition and multiplication, not division and subtraction. And for us, we're both sitting here, both mouthing "Wow" as you're talking, yeah. because we're so buoyed that you feel that way. Hey, if we were fans yeah, before, I, we're bigger fans now. Yeah, that's true. Well, listen, you know, we are at a time. You're absolutely right. If and Obama was one of these guys, you know, I, I where say what you will about him, but he more than anyone, I, I guarantee, he was sitting there with the fight, just trying to understand, you know. Where's the guys coming from? What's going on? What's happening here? And I, and anyway, that's 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 a whole other conversation. Sure. But if you you basically said it, if we all could be in a position where we're available to hear the other person's side yeah. and to and to receive the truth in anything, there has to we have to collaborate. You know, because if we continue to try to crush and kill each other and lock people away. 
I, I know subconsciously people think they're going to feel better, but they're not. Well, there you go. And, and I, they're I, not going to grow. Absolutely, it, it, and it, and it just that that kind of that kind of hatred just feeds on itself. Jeremy, uh, we got. I know you've you've been more than generous with your time with us today. Uh, the the event is happening at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. The tickets will have the link up on the website on the Facebook page. Um, uh, shows are Thursday yeah. the 18th, Friday the 19th, Saturday the 20th. How do folks find out more about what you are up to personally? Uh, how do, where, where do they find you? Well, I, I'm just either my Instagram account, which is just Jeremy Hibben with a blue check on it. There's a guy out there who's doing the wrong thing. But, but my just my Instagram is Jeremy Piven and, and the same with Twitter. And JeremyPiven.com is listed on there. You can go to my tour dates on both Twitter and Instagram there and figure out where I'm going to be. But also, if they come to the show, you have the ability to do like a, a little bit of a VIP thing, which just simply means we hang out afterwards and, and take pictures and talk and whatnot. And that's really been cool for me. This has been, you have to understand, like I've been in a, in a weird way kind of secluded from pavilions where I've been on a set, you know, film or TV for the past few decades and incredibly lucky to do it. Been lucky to be a working actor. And now I'm traveling across the country and meeting people and performing for them. And we're all in the same room together. And it's, it's just kind of like, I never would have predicted this. You know, you can't, it's like an old saying, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plan. But it's really <laughs> been kind of amazing for me to do this. And this is, it's just incredible to, to, you know, they call them meet and greets afterwards, yeah. but that the whole thing feels like a, a meet and greet. And by the way, this is, this is not a Q and a, it's not, you know, uh, I, I'm not showing a film and, and taking a few questions. This is me doing straight up stand up yeah. for an hour and it's my honor. And, and my, and so, and the, the comment that I get the most is, wow, I had no idea you did this, you know, and people just had a great time. And the idea that I'm really doing stand-up, because I respect it so much, um, and I'm pulling it off, means the world to me. And each weekend I get better. It's almost like, I feel like I'm in, I'm in rehearsal. Sure. But, like, and you just keep get, trying to get better. Even though every time I hit the stage, it's opening night, if that makes any sense. But I still, it's my job to get better. And so my journey is different than most stand-ups, just because I've been on stage for decades. You know, so it's it's... You know, everyone's like, it's science. It's going to take you six years. Well, maybe not the same amount of time just because, uh, you know, my journey has been a little different. Well, Jeremy Piven, thank you so very much for joining us. I, I know I'm going to try to be there one of the nights. Jerry and his yeah. wife are going to try to be there uh, one of the nights. So we look forward to hopefully uh, uh, seeing you. I will absolutely 1,000% pretend like I don't know you guys. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that. Jeremy Piven, no. thank you so very much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. I, I look forward to meeting you. All right, man.